0: Uh, my name is Pastor Gretchen, and my husband Daniel and I are the lead pastors here at this wonderful church called Elevation. Um, thank you, thank you. So, um, so we are excited to uh, co-preach this morning to you. So, uh,
1: tag team. Back again. Oh. All right.
0: (laughs) Although this is the first time we've done it, so it's not really back again, but welcome. We're glad you're here. So a few years ago, um, I was blessed with the opportunity to take uh, my two girls to Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. It was a great trip. And our flight left super early in the morning. We had to get up before 4 a.m. and fly to Orlando. So our plan was to rest when we got there. But you get there, and you have these park tickets in your pocket, and you think, well, let's just go to the park for as long, you know, as, until, until we tire out. But then you get to the park, and these theme parks are fun, and you hang out there, and you're like, well, I've been up since like 3.30, but, you know, this is a fun, fun day. And then eventually you're like, well, we got to get back to the hotel room, because the blues are in the playoffs, and that's, you know, a big deal. So we said, well, just watch the blues until we fall asleep. Um, And it was one, it was in their Stanley Cup run, and it was one of their clunkers, remember those, where they just didn't win by a lot of goals? And so I fell asleep and was glad to do so, and then at about 1.30 in the morning, I woke up, and you see, I have to tell you something about my youngest, Evie. You may know this already, but Evie never stops. She never needs sleep. She's never tired. She never doesn't run. And so we're at the theme park and she's just running from ride to ride. Like, come on, you guys are so slow. I'm like, I've been up for hours. And then we get done and we're at the world's longest hotel hallway. Like I've never seen a hallway longer than these. And she's just sprinting back and forth. Like, hurry up. We get to the room and she says, what's next? Can we go to the pool? I'm like, what's next? No, we're watching hockey. That's what's next. And I'm tired, and she never stops. So I wake up at like 1.30 in the morning, and I look over, and the TV's still on. And I figured, oh, I must have not turned it off after the clunker of a hockey game. And I look over, and she's sitting up in bed. And I said, Evie, what are you doing And she looks at me with an answer that makes sense to an 8-year-old in May at 1.30 in the morning when she's now been up for about 21 hours straight. She says, I'm watching Elf. (laughs) Like it was the most logical response ever. And as her mom, I often watch her go 100 miles an hour and say, what's next, what's next, what's next? And I look at her like she's crazy. And she looks back at me and says, I'm watching Elf. It makes so much sense. And I'm always amazed at the speed at which she goes. But I think as adults, we might sleep every once in a while, but we run at that same pace. And we're constantly saying, what's next? What's next? What's next? And I think sometimes the Lord asks us, what are you doing? Yeah. And we answer with something that makes so much sense to us. And he just shakes his head and says, no, you got to stop. Mm, it's good. You've got to rest. You've been up for too many hours. You've been going at too fast a pace. You have to rest. And see, God modeled for us this idea of resting. It's one of the very first things he modeled for us as our Lord. Mm-hmm. And in Genesis, he spends the first chapter of the book creating the universe. He's taking Sorry. all of this chaos and he's making it into the world that we see. And then we see in the beginning of Genesis chapter 2 that he rests. That he stops working and he rests. And it says that the Lord, what does it say? Where is it? Your notes are different than mine. Oh, thank you. That was helpful. On the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because in it, he rested from all his work. It repeats it. He rested, he rested, he rested. And the Hebrew word in this passage of scripture is sabbat. And the sabbat word rest means to stop working. He stopped working for an entire day, not for a few hours, not for a few minutes. He stops, sabbat, he stops working. But you see, God's idea of rest is not just stop working. A few verses later, the passage gives us another Hebrew word for rest, and that's na'uk, which means to dwell, to settle. And God creates man, and he creates women, and they hang out together. This Hebrew word is like the idea of sitting around a campfire with your family, just laughing and talking and hanging out. You see, God tells us that rest is stopping But it's also dwelling. Mm, It's dwelling with the Lord. It's spending time with him. It's hanging out with him. It's being in his holy place. See, I think some of us, we really can understand this idea of Sabbath, this rest, with one or the other of these two words. Like we might be okay with the not working. But the dwelling we struggle with. Or we might say, hey, I'm going to hang out with God, but also going to work a little. I think kids... Really get that first part, you know, especially growing up in a pastor's household, I got pastor's kids, you ask them to do anything on Sunday and they're like, I'm out, I'm resting. (laughs) I'm like, okay, but it's not just not working, it's the dwelling. Are we making that day holy? Are we spending time with God? Are we sitting around the campfire, Mm -hmm. hanging out with God? And this wasn't just something that he modeled for us in Genesis, But in Exodus, he commands it. In Exodus 20, he says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. You shall do no work, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your servants, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within you. For the six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. See, it's not just a suggestion, it's a command that we would rest. These two parts of rest that we would stop, really stop, and that we would dwell once a week, every week, that we would give him one day that is holy. But see, the Bible is about these rhythms and about these patterns, and God doesn't just say rest one day a week. He also says sometimes you need an extended season of rest.
1: That's good. Some of you, as you hear her talking, and she's talking about rest, and she's talking about dwelling, there's some of you who are like, yeah, but you don't understand like, you don't understand how busy I am, right? You don't understand all the things going on in my life, you know. And we come up with all kinds of reasons, right? Isn't that true? Come on, yeah. if we're yeah. honest. And we hear these words from the scriptures. I have to stand because I felt like you and stand and stood. And so I'm going to stand a little bit later. Great. And, um, and, and so we hear these, these, these commands. Again, she said it. Not a suggestion, but a command. And we think, you know, God, I thank you for that. I know it's for my good. I appreciate that. But then we leave or we walk out of that conversation and we just kind of ignore it, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. We just don't take it as serious as we really need to. And here's the thing that, that, that I think we have to understand is that God rested not because he was tired, right? Yeah. Yeah. God doesn't get tired. He rested because he was trying to model for us a rhythm of life that was really important for us to follow. Yeah. And if we don't follow it, it's not that maybe he's going to send us to hell. It's that we might live in hell every day
0: yeah. Yeah, that's
1: good. because of the choices that we're making. And I want to share something with you out of Leviticus chapter 25. And I'm just going to read 1 through 7, but, but hear these words out of Leviticus. When was the last time you heard a sermon out of Leviticus? Come on. (laughs) Leviticus, listen to this. The Lord spoke to Moses. That's pretty impressive just in and of itself that the creator of all things is speaking directly to Moses. He says, The Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land that I give you, the land shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. Isn't that interesting? So he, Gretchen says that the Lord told us to keep the Sabbath for us. But then all of a sudden now the Bible's saying that we should, that, that we should allow, get this, we should allow the land to have a rest too. Like the land should get a rest. That's, I mean, that's kind of, what, I, I just think it's fascinating. And then it goes on. It says for, for six years you shall, you shall sow, say that, you shall sow your field. That's good. Thank you. And for six years you shall prune your vineyards and gather its fruit. But listen to this. But in the seventh year there shall be, there shall be a Sabbath, a solemn rest, a solemn rest for the land. I like that word, solemn rest. Isn't that good? A Sabbath unto the Lord. You shall not sow your field or prune your vineyard. You shall not reap what grows of itself in your harvest or gather the grapes of your undressed vine. It shall be a year, a year, a year of solemn rest for the land. Some of you are like, Lord, God, give me a year. <laughs> right? Now, guys, I mean, we live in a world where to get four weeks is like the greatest thing that ever happened to a human being. And sometimes you've got to work 20 years to get it. Yeah. There's an issue in our country, in business, in our world, when we treat rest so casually casually. I know we probably do a lot of stuff, and we probably get a lot done, but I've always found that if I would honor the Lord first, Mm -hmm. that whatever I don't work at, he seems to be able to make up the difference. Ash (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Amen. (laughs) I mean, they seem to be doing all right. I'm just saying. And so we've got to understand that the rhythm that God creates for our life is really important. Because see, the Bible says that God said this to Moses. And if God said it to Moses, then we need to listen. And he says that it it needs to be at every seven-year clip, there's a rhythm of where you rest for a year. Now, I don't know how to figure that out sometimes. Because I don't usually have time to take a year. Do you? But I think what happens sometimes is we dismiss it outright because it just seems too hard. Yeah, We just yeah. kind of dismiss it. as like, I can't ever do that, so I'm just moving on. Yeah. But that is not the right move, friends. Yeah. If anything, the right move is to say, God, okay, in my context, what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to teach me about rhythm? What are you trying to teach me about dwelling? What are you trying to teach me about this solemn rest that the Bible says in in Hebrews that all of us can enter into? Yeah, we can all enter into this Sabbath rest. Yeah. And so how is it that we get to do that or how do we do that? And so I want to just for a few minutes talk about this Sabbath year. I just think it's curious that, that God literally tells Israel, and, and again, it's an agrarian society, isn't it? Good word. Thank you. Agrarian society. So they were banking on the land. And God says, hey, let it lie for a year. Now, why would he do that? Is God not concerned about them? Is God not concerned about them eating? Is God not? Con- you see what I'm saying? And, and he says for a year. But here's the spiritual principle that you've got to understand. You see, the Sabbath year was about trusting God. It was about trusting God more than your own hand. Amen. It was about recognizing that even if I don't, he will. See, that's the thing that we have to see, that, that do you or don't you believe that God will come through on his promises? Yeah. Do you believe that yeah. God will do what he says? Do you trust him when he says, let it lie, that when you let it lie, you're going to be better off?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: See, that's the point that I think God is trying to help us see As he's communicating this to Moses. See, God promised to bless Israel. And you know what Israel did. They did what we do. They ignored what God had to say. And I want to read something to you. This is is a sad verse. In 2 Chronicles 36, 20 through 21. Listen to these words. And those who escaped from the sword, he carried away to Babylon. This is in the time of exile. Because they they had so... Disobeyed God. He says, where they became servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia. Then watch this. Verse 21. To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah. In other words, Jeremiah spoke this and said it's going to come to be. Until the land had enjoyed her Sabbath. Like God is caring about this land. And because Israel ignored it, he said, this land will get a Sabbath. Yeah. Whether you are going to give the land a Sabbath or not, yeah. that's what happens. And then as, as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath and fulfilled, listen to this, 70 years. God said, you won't give me one? That land is going to lay for 70 Think about that for a second, people. That's pretty significant. That's pretty amazing that God said, look, even if you don't do it, I'm still sovereign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm still, I, I mean, I know, I know you got free will. And I know you can make a choice. But you need to understand, kid, that I'm still God. And when I say something's going to happen, it's going to happen. Now, are you nervous yet? Wow. Because we see that that God very clearly says that Sabbath is a weekly thing. And then he also very clearly says that we need to let the land rest. And so there's this spiritual principle that should be rattling around in our head is how do we do that? Like, what are we supposed to do in our world, in our culture? How are we supposed to apply this spiritual principle to our lives? Because clearly God says we need to rest weekly. Yes? Clearly the Bible says we need extended time of rest. Clearly the Bible says that we need to trust God for our provision to be our source. And I think sometimes the reason we don't rest is because we just don't think we can. And let me just say this to you, friend. Your thinking is wrong. You got to adjust your thinking. Isn't it true that the Bible says that we have to adjust our lives to the word of God?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: We, and, and if that's true, then we've got to adjust. The Bible doesn't adjust. We do. So we've got to make an adjustment if that's how we say or feel things like that. See, I think sometimes we don't rest because we don't like what we're going to find. You know what I'm saying? You ever been in that moment where it gets too quiet and all of a sudden you start seeing things or people start saying things that you're just like, man, if I was moving faster, I wouldn't have to hear this.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good.
1: It's crazy how the Lord gets us quiet and he starts to speak into our lives and say, hey, you know, this week when you treated that person like this, you, you get what I'm saying. It's like when you get quiet, all of a sudden the Lord's like, and then, but it's also more than that. It's not just him correcting us. It's him saying, hey, I know that you've been through a rough season. And I need you to know I love you. You need to be able to hear the Lord's encouragement, but you also need to be able to hear his correction. All of those things are significant to Sabbath. And so the purpose of a sabbatical, which you may or may not know this, but my beautiful bride and I.
0: Thank you.
1: Are going on a sabbatical. (laughs) Yeah, we're excited about it. But the purpose of a sabbatical is an extended Sabbath rest. Like, I like to look at it this way. It's like you take a bunch of uh, balls of Sabbath, okay? And you, and you put them back to back. You know what I mean? And, and, and all of a sudden, you have a string of Sabbaths, right? See, a sabbatical is a string of Sabbaths. It's, a, it's an extended time of Sabbath, if that makes sense. And, 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 and the Bible is so clear that at every seven years, it's important that we do this that we do this uh, for the land, and that we do this in our own lives, that we think about this rhythm that God has created. And traditionally, Sabbath rest for people have been somewhere between three months and six months. Now, I know in education, I think some of them go for like a year. If, if, if teachers sometimes get a Sabbath, well, they don't call it a Sabbath, do they? What do they call that? What is it? Sabbatical. 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 Is that what they call it? Yeah. They stole our word. That's our word. I'm just saying. And so, so it's pretty typical that, we would, that people would have this kind of rhythm in their life. And part of what we want to do is share a little bit about our journey and what we're hoping to accomplish. But we also want to be able to invite you guys into a rhythm that we believe is going to strengthen you. Just like we hope to be strengthened in this journey that we're going
0: on. And I think, you know, when we, whatever your life is, you know, for us as pastors, we take an extended sabbatical. For you in your context, you know, you may take an extended time off from work that we typically call vacation, right? And, and as Americans, we're really good at vacation planning, even if we're not going anywhere, right? <laughs> and, and, and God gives us these two words for rest, and we, when we vacation, when we have our extended periods, it tends to only be about the not working, right? Yeah. We plan the day. I'm going to get on a plane. I'm going to go to the theme park. I'm going to meet Cinderella. I'm going to have a fantasy dinner. It's going to be awesome. And then I'm going to watch a hockey game. And then I'm going to get up the next day and I'm going to do it all over again, right?
1: And you come back from vacation, what?
0: Exhausted. Exhausted. <laughs> because, you see, God tells us that this extended rest is what? It's that other Hebrew word. It's that to dwell.
1: Yeah.
0: And that any rest we take as followers of God include the not working and the dwelling, the hanging out with God, the spending time with him. And so as we plan our extended time away, whatever that can be for you, are you planning both sides, the not working and the spending time with God? And our church has been so gracious to Pastor Daniel and I to give us time to not work. Our staff and our leaders around here have rallied around us and said, whatever you need to take time to not work. But see, we have to be responsible for the dwelling side, for the how can we take that time and spend intentional time sitting around a campfire with our Lord and Savior. And so for me, on sabbatical, I have three hopes, three things that God has put in my heart when I'm away.
1: And I I would encourage you, if you if you're still with us <laughs> to, to, to write down these three hopes. Okay. And I'll explain to you in a second why, but Gretchen's going to share her three and then I'll share mine.
0: My first hope is that I will be able to listen, that I will be able to listen in a way that I don't normally listen because of the speed of my life, that I will be able to listen to the Lord, that I will be able to listen to my own heart to the things that God is stirring in, that I would be able to listen to my children in a much more attentive way than sometimes I do. Mm-hmm. That I would be able to listen to Daniel, that I would be able to listen to the people that God has put into my life. Sorry. Sorry, baby. Don't write that down.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry, that I would be able to listen. Yeah. That's what I'm praying for the Lord, that I can listen. That's good. The second is that I will be ready that God will use this season to make me ready for whatever the next season holds. Because I believe this. I believe that God is stirring in our church. I believe that God is moving yes, yes, in our church. Yes. When you come, our E team meets at 9 o'clock here before church to pray, and there is a stirring that God is moving. Yes. And I believe that God is going to move this summer when we are away, and then I believe that God has big things for our church when we get back. That's right. And I want to be ready for them. I want the Lord to reveal the things in me that I am not ready. And that he would make me ready for that next season. And the third thing is is that I want to experience things. I want to experience the things that God has for me. I don't want to make an agenda that is my agenda. I want it to be his agenda. I want to experience the world that he has created. I want to experience the people that he has created. I want to experience things. I also believe that people that rest well, hobby well. Amen. Yes. Because a hobby is something we do simply because we enjoy it. Mm-hmm. For no other reason. We can't make money on it. We can't sell it. We just enjoy it. And as I have gotten older, I have either outgrown or abandoned most of my hobbies. And this past year, the Lord is saying, you need to hobby well if you want to lead well. Good. So I want to experience things and find out what my hobby is. When I was in the eighth grade, my gym class did this thing called teninkling. Yes, yeah, this is a real story. Teninkling, Google it, it's real. It's like some sort of dance with sticks. And I remember it was really fun. So maybe I'll get into teninkling. Because then I can tell people that I teninkle, which is funny. So that's one of my goals. I'm excited. That I will find and experience things so that I can hobby well.
1: I'm going to have my camera ready.
0: So, all right. So I want to listen. I want to be ready. And I want to experience things.
1: I wish you'd ended with, I want to, I want to teninkle.
0: Well, I don't know yet. I'm going to pursue and see if I do.
1: That's good.
0: I might not like it. It might have only been an eighth grade thing.
1: We'll see. We'll see. Um, well, I also have three hopes that I want to share with you. And mine are not just single words, so you're going to have to write a little bit more. I've got sentences. Because I'm probably a little more verbose than she is anyway. And so so here's... Church, here, do you agree here, here, or
0: disagree? No,
1: come on. So uh, here, number one is I hope to be renewed by being in God's presence. Like just consistently having time with God. Because, you know, I, we started the year with nine sermons out of a book that I wrote that dealt with the presence of God, pursuing his presence. And I think for me, the thing that the Lord had taught me in that book and that sermon series and all that stuff is that in any given moment, I can be in his presence. Yes. And when I'm in his presence, all the things that were impossible in my life become possible. Yes. And if we will catch hold of that revelation in our lives, it's a game changer. And so for me, I want that more and more as I'm away, is I, I want to be renewed in the presence of God. Number two is I hope to gain greater clarity and vision for our church. Yeah. Like it's crazy to me that actually before we go on this sabbatical, I, I really do feel like God has downloaded clarity of vision for when we get back. Yeah. But what I'm asking the Lord to do is just keep coming. You know, yeah. just give it, give it, give it as much as because I want to be able to over the next seven years when we get back, be able to download that kind of vision and that clarity, because I don't know about you guys, but there is a move of God's spirit happening in this church.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: There are seeds being planted in faith that I believe will, will absolutely we will reap a harvest in this city. And in this nation and in this world. I believe it. And I, I hope you do as well. So that's number two. And then number three is I hope to have a lot of fun. Yes. That's what I'm looking forward to. Would you to. like to try to I Sweetie, I'll, I'll do it with you.
0: All right. I I'll don't even do know it. really what that means. I think you need pipes and sticks and boards.
1: Yeah, I'll, we'll get the whole family to <laughs> it'll be It'll be good. But I'm going to do some things like I, I think, I don't know if you missed what she said about hobbying well. Do you have a hobby? And if you don't have a hobby, you should get one. Yeah. Yeah. Like you need some things that you do that bring you joy and bring you life. And so often, man, we're just working. We're putting our head down and we're just doing it. And we just don't. And so find that hobby that you can really go after. And that's what I want to be able to do. I want to go back to some of the things that I've enjoyed. Like, I like to play golf. But golf is not easy to do. I mean, it's it's a hard game, but it also takes four hours. You know what I mean? To play it sometimes, you know? Or if it's me, it's like six hours (laughs) because I can't find my ball, but... But, you know, those are the kinds of things that we have to just do and enjoy and hobby well and, you know, you get it. So that's what I want. I want to be able to have a lot of fun. So because what will happen is the joy of the Lord will come in me. And then I'll be able to come back and infect yeah. all of you yeah. Yeah. with the joy of the Lord that, that, that I have. And so we, we hope. And Gretchen already said this, but we're just so grateful that we're part of a church that believes in their pastors uh, resting. That believes in their pastors needing sabbaticals you know, because it's so important to the vitality of our life. And here's the thing, healthy pastors lead healthy churches. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're healthy, that means y'all are going to be better off. Yes. Yeah. And so just remember that. And also remember that we want to be your pastors for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that will help us is being able to be with the Lord and, and rest and get healthy so that we can continue to be the healthiest version of ourselves on y'all's behalf, too. Yes? Yes? And so so we we want that to happen. So you may be asking at this point, we're almost done. You may be asking at this point, how can you participate? Uh, And I I wanted to share just a Bible verse with you, which you guys have probably heard, but the Bible verse is simply this, is that uh, Jesus said this. He says, for where your treasure is, listen, there your heart will be also, Okay. Now, treasure isn't just money, right? You value more than money, right? I mean, you value your time. You, I mean, you, all, you value all kinds of things. So what the Bible says is if your treasure is with something, the Bible says that your heart is tethered to it. You get that. And so my heart for all of you is that your heart would be tethered to our heart as we go on this sabbatical. And so we've given, we're going to give you five things or five uh, things that you can do to tether your heart to us as we're away. Does that make sense? All right, so Gretchen.
0: So number one, we'd ask you to pray. Pray for us, pray for our family, pray for the five of us um, that God's plan for this time would be realized in our life. Um, And we also ask you to pray for our church. Uh, Pray that we would hear what God wants to happen in our church. I believe that our church will grow this summer as we are obedient. Uh, So pray for us and pray for elevation.
1: Yeah, and can you pray specifically for our hopes? The things that we just told you about, the three things. Can you pray specifically for those hopes for us? Uh, And so your heart now is coming with us in that way. The second is, is that you can give. Like, we've set up a little way for people to give. If you want to give some money to offset the cost of this trip, you can do that by simply writing in the check line or the memo, sabbatical, or you can go online. There's a drop-down that says sabbatical. And look, we're just, we're just saying that we believe, whether you believe it or not, that if you give your treasure to something, whether it's your prayer, or your, your heart now is attached to it. That's what the Bible says. And so we just want to give you that opportunity as well and then number three.
0: And it, there's lots of things that you can do to help our church. Um, we have been blessed with an incredible staff, um, an incredible group of leaders that do a lot around our church. But there's always other things that we are looking for people that they can do, that they can serve. So if you want to help this summer, you can contact us at hello at and we'll help you find a place. Or you can show up here on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock when we pray over church and say, what can I do? Yeah. And I guarantee we'll help you find a place where you can help and serve your church.
1: That's really good. Really good. Uh, then, number four is here it is. Come on, stay with me. You can attend. Ooh, that's a good one. Like, you can attend church. Like, now, why is that important? Because you know what I've found is that when the leader's away, sometimes people like to just kind of be, you know, I'm kind of tired this morning. I think I'll just watch church online. You know, I get it. I get it. Right? Gretchen made a really good point the other night. I, or we were at breakfast with Thank somebody. You. And uh, and she said, and again, I'm not, please don't receive this as like I'm uh, uh, rebuking you. Because I think there's a need for online church, okay? Because I wouldn't do it if I didn't. But there's something about the phrase, watch church, that should should make us go, huh? Like, you don't watch church. You participate. You, you contribute. Matter of fact, the Bible says you are the church. So it's kind of a weird phrase. So let's, let's not use that phrase anymore. We don't like that phrase anymore. So we can watch.
0: attend online Yeah. if that's what we need to do. Yeah. But we you don't watch. You can attend, yeah. and you
1: can stand up in your house, and you can clap, and you can shout, and you can have a good time. Because if you don't, you know it'll happen to you you'll start to fall asleep. I've got cameras in all your houses. I've, I've seen it happen. No, he doesn't. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. We have set up some really amazing communicators to come yes. in. Yes. Like it, It's going to be good. And I just want to tell you, show up. Be blessed. Don't pack it in, man. Get ready we are going to be planting some seeds this summer through the communicators that are coming into this. I mean, we've got communicators coming from all over the place, pastors that are coming from outside the state, inside the state, they're coming and they're going to download some great spiritual nourishment and truth into your life. So please be here. And if you can't be here, attend online.
0: And not only are they going to pour into you, uh, but then we'll get to hear back with people that we know that we care about and they'll say, your church is awesome. Yeah. We were blessed to be in the presence of the Lord with your church family. So attend this summer. And the last thing that you can do is practice. Practice the things that we're talking about this morning. If you want to be supportive of us as we take a sabbatical, then maybe you need to practice taking a Sabbath every week. Right. That you need to become serious about stopping and dwelling with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to ask, "How can? what is my extended period of rest? Maybe it's only one day, two days, three days. Can God build that? But that we as a church would come together around this idea that we are gonna be a church that works hard, and we're gonna be a church that rests well.
1: That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. You know, and, 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 and I think sometimes... The, you know, when we hear the Bible, like when we read the Bible, we hear it, we bring it, and then sometimes it, it just sits there. And I just say to you if, if the Word of God isn't active in your life, if it's not moving, if it's not being applied, if it's not being practiced, it's not gonna grow. Like that's how God set it up. And, and it's so important. Like, so in James, when he says, Be not just hearers of the word, but what? Doers Doers of it. And so part of what we hope and pray for you guys is that over the next eight weeks, that you'll spend time intentionally practicing these things. Because we so believe that this rhythm was created by God for our good. And if we will apply it, we'll experience the blessings that God wants to bring in our life. Now, just for a moment, I want to speak to just everybody um, uh, because God shared this verse with me. And I, I, just, I just want to share this with you. It's, it's out of Matthew, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Listen to these words. Come to me. Who are you coming to? You're coming to Jesus. So right now, uh, there's doubt in this room that what I'm saying is possible. The Bible says very clearly that it is impossible with you. But it's not impossible with God. And so in Matthew, Jesus says, come to me. Come on. He says, come to me. Wherever you are today. Wherever doubts you have, whatever uh, schedule, whatever delusions, whatever, whatever it is, come to me, is what God says. Come to me. And if we will do that, listen to this. If you're working hard, all you who labor and are heavy laden, are you burdened today? Do you feel like your schedule's whooping you? Burdened, laboring hard. What does Jesus say? I will give you rest. That's a good promise that you need to apply your faith to. You come to Jesus over the next eight weeks and watch him bring solemn rest into your life. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And he says this Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. You know what soul is? Soul is your emotions, soul are your feelings, soul is your mind, your thinking. See, what the Bible is saying is that he's going to bring rest. To your feelings. He's going to bring rest to your emotions. He's going to bring rest to your choices. He's going to bring rest to your reasoning. He's going to bring rest to your obsessions. Your compulsions. He's going to bring rest to these things. Oh, and I hope that you want that because Jesus says that that his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. And so what I want to do is I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that you would be able to receive this into your life. If it's something you want, if it's something you desire, that you would enter into solemn rest with God, I want to be able to pray over you specifically. Let's let's begin to pray. God, I thank you. I thank you that your word tells us that if we come to you, that you can bring this rest into our soul just begin to say to the Lord right now, God, I need rest in my life. I need that in my soul. Father, I confess my sins to you. I confess that I have not loved you with my whole heart. I confess that I have ignored your principles. I confess that that I have been disobedient when it comes to honoring the Sabbath. I ask your forgiveness. But God, oh God, I want so much to experience the rest that you bring. And so right now, just begin to pray. Just begin to ask him. Say, Lord, I need you. I need you. I'm coming to you right now. I'm coming to you right now. Father, I pray in faith that every person in this room that desires it, every person in this room that desires it this morning, that desires it online, that rest would come into their life. In the name of Jesus, I ask it. I ask for a solemn rest to come to their souls. I ask for a solemn rest to begin to nourish their spirit. Father, I ask for a solemn rest to begin to to bring physical strength back into their body. I ask that as we rest well, God, that you would renew your church. That you would renew your leaders. That you would renew our pastors. Father, that you would renew our apostolic overseers. Father, that you would renew elders in the church. Father, that you would renew the people of God that have come through a hard season. But God, we believe that you are the one that can renew your people. And so God, as we let the land lay down for a little bit. We pray, God, that you would be the one that brings the harvest. Father, we trust you more than what we see. We trust you when we don't even know how it's going to add up. God, we trust you. You are our source. You are our provider. And we believe it. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.